This is a podcast by The Straits Times. I'm uh, the Chief Executive of Vital, which is actually a fancy name for Head of Shared Services. Vital is the payroll, HR, finance and procurement shared services for the whole of Singapore government. We serve more than 100,000 public offices, more than 100 agencies. That was Dennis Lui, the CEO of Vital. I'm Chris Wu, and you're listening to Work Talk. This month, we're taking you to a back-office setup which most people have never heard about. The government agency under the Ministry of Finance, Vital, has been around for 18 years, since 2006. In the last four years, however, something transformational has been taking place in this routine services outfit. It all began in 2020. I joined Vital in 2020. I think when I first took over the job, it was quite challenging because it's all about backroom processing. It is work that some see as boring, as mundane and even repetitive, right? And some even told me that it's work done by an army of clerks. I realised my staff were all working very hard, constantly under stress. But I also realised that people outside Vital, even my fellow colleagues in public service, didn't really have a good impression or didn't really understand us uh, because we were a bit of a black box. We are an organisation where nobody says anything when things go well, but when a mistake happens or somebody doesn't get paid on time, we get plenty of feedback and complaints. To make Vita successful, Dennis realised he had to change the way his customers, in his case, his co-workers in the other ministries and public agencies, see the value Vita brings. To do that, he looked inward. Well, frankly, um, when I first came in, my first worry was, whether my employees, whom, you know, are graduates from um, local tertiary institutions, diploma holders largely, and some of the older ones may have maybe the A-levels, my worry was whether they could keep up with the times. And as our jobs and value transformed, as the work became more automated over time, but we need to employ good staff to do it. And to that effect, we needed to do two things. For most chief executives confronted with 500 employees, whose mostly spreadsheet jobs are imminently threatened by automation, layoffs or retraining might be the answer. Then he's opted for retraining, but added something more. Technology. He decided to retrain his 500 employees into citizen developers. He armed them with tools and the power to create or modify existing business applications without the need to involve the IT department. He decided that his 500 citizen developers would be conversant in math and data analytics. He also wanted them to know robotic automation software like UiPath and programming language like Python. We found a very good partner, Niam Polytechnic. They were willing and able to customize two courses for us. One is called a specialist diploma in data analytics. Another one is called a certificate in data analytics for staff who are not ready to take on a specialist diploma. Then. Dennis did something unusual. To ensure take-up, Vita not only let his employees go to school during work hours, it paid for it. One of the first things I decided that we ought to do is to fund, sponsor and give protected time to all my staff to go back to school. So we are also very upfront to say that, look, Vital is an organisation We practice what we preach. We want you to upskill, we want you to learn, we want you to be trained, but we send you on our time, on our course, Please get it done. It sounds easy, except there was a problem to start with. 
the two courses that we had was a specialist diploma, which is a higher leveled one, which is very rigorous, which has tests and exams. But we were concerned for some of our staff who maybe graduated from school 20 to 30 years ago. They had, were not ready and uh, not confident to do the specialist diploma. So Nian came up with a certificate of uh, data analytics. It, it's a substantial course, about 130 contact hours spread over three to four months. Now, my worry was that after going through this course, some of our staff, maybe even a small number of them, will not be able to pass it. So when you build a bridge, but realize that your people may not have the stamina or strength to cross it, what do you do? You build a ramp. Vita and Nian Polytechnic swap examinations for a hackathon. The staff in their groups spend two days in uh, Nian's premises. They hack out solutions to real business problems that we face in Vital. We make sure that everyone has a hand in doing the preparation work. Everyone has a hand in doing the assignments. Everyone has a hand in the presentation. And by default, everyone passes. Now, you may think that some officers then would perhaps, quote unquote, um, just go for free, right? But I can, I can share with you that every officer we've seen, even the very, very reserved ones, stepped up. In 2020, the government appointed VITA as its central agency and gave it the mandate to transform corporate services delivery. That was a big deal. It meant the once almost unheard of agency could now tell its hotshot counterparts, such as the Public Service Division and the Accountant General's Department, what they really think of the paperwork offloaded to them and say so on a more equal footing. But the main reward came from within. I have now examples, many, many examples of projects using automation tools, using Python programming, using low-code RPA tools, where the officers themselves, without the help of IT, are able to take on the problem, hack out a solution, spend time to build their bots, and then roll it out at the production, into production at the team unit, and even at an enterprise level. If you think about it, in the past, my officers did not have these ability to create automations for themselves. They could at most put up a request for some automation to be done by the IT department. The IT team has just 12 members. What was the critical factor for Vita's success? The elephant in the room is this. All this automation will then make my job redundant. Perhaps in Singapore, we are blessed that we have a lot of work, but not enough people. They don't feel worried and scared that they're going to lose their jobs. Otherwise, you will run into what I've seen in some organizations where the bosses try to push automation, but no automation gets done because they're afraid that um, tomorrow I've automated myself out of uh, my job. I think that's quite serious and that's quite real. What are Dennis's tips to bosses hoping to do what he has done? Some of the listeners may be wondering, wow, uh, Vital sent all the staff back and I must have gotten a huge budget to do so. The truth is, this certificate costs, if you send, uh, if you work with a local institution, say like a polytechnic, and your staff is a, citizen, a Singapore citizen, if I recall 40 years and above, the out-of-pocket cost, COSD, dollars for Vital is less than $1,000 for the entire specialist diploma on the certificate in data analytics. Money aside, I would say that first, for bosses, look at your people as treasures and gems that you can develop instead of looking from outside for talent when you think that you have a new task. One of the most prolific coders in the company is age 65. And in January, 
Fighter got the Platinum Enabling Mark, a recognition for his record of having disabled workers make up 2.5% of its payroll and 6% of its vendors. There is one more gratification from the exercise. And just last year, we have gotten approvals from um, high-ups, the, mini- the, the ministry in charge, uh, for me to uplift more than 100 jobs, uh, a couple of notches up. We call it from a diploma-level salary to at least a degree-level salary. And I think this is a big achievement uh, because it means that we have redefined our roles. Even the vibe invited today feels different. Then in the past, because it's an urgent piece of work, usually I would say, oh, I'm so sorry, get it done. Next week, maybe there's some off time you can take off. Now, the, the conversation is different. The conversation is, boss, we have this new piece of work, which is very interesting. Uh, give us a couple of days to hack out an automation solution. We'll come present it to you and seek your approval for deployment. And staff get excited. I want to take you to a workstation at Fighter to show you what Dennis means. We're joined by Jessica Ong, the Deputy Director of the Innovation Hub. What is this report? This report is actually a financial report whereby it actually reads the different kind of um, bank statement records and it will actually uh, enter into the uh, report for reconciliation purpose. So you're telling me that in the past, without automation, your employee or your team members have to go to separate reports, cut and then paste different information onto an Excel sheet. Correct. And now with the automation, what happens? This is all done by the robot. They don't need to do that. So what they need to do now, their role kind of transform to a more higher value performing kind of role where they will just verify the reports to ensure that the data collector or the data input is actually accurate. So the robot does all the crawling of the different reports and aggregate them into one sheet for you? So based on 900 records per month and 2 minutes per entry, actually it comes out to be about 360 hours annually. So... One bot developed by a business user who probably got fed up with cutting and pasting documents saved the agency 45 workdays. To me, it's a wonderful show of how leaders with dreams can make a world of difference. Once a team of workers with no tech background and an uncertain future, fighter citizen developers have today automated more than 70 work processes and are en route to modernising their organisation. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this story on Viter. And since we are days away from the Lunar New Year, we have arranged a special bonus segment for you. Coming up next is Master Kenko, who is with us for a second year to give you a reading of what lies ahead in 2024. 2024 is a year of the dragon. It's wood dragon. The wood actually controls the earth. And so that the year is not going to be smooth. Are we expecting confrontations from unreasonable bosses, for example? When we look at a chart and we look at the elements at play in the Dragon Year, it is not harmonious. It is also uh, uh, very territorial. Now, all this points to unreasonable behaviour. And uh, when it comes to that, how do you deal with it? Well, I'll say, for people who are actually caught in a situation like this, Well, walk away. Don't get into the politics of things. That would be my best advice for uh, people in the... And of course, uh, by the way, uh, it being a very, very uh, touchy year, uh, call it a sensitive year, please, please don't fire your boss. Please, not this year. (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't fire your boss. Okay, like that. <laughs> okay, let's get to the individual zodiac signs, which is always so popular with our audience. And last year, you predicted a fabulous year for rats. And a terrible year for roosters. So tell us which animals can expect a wonderful year, and which should just hunker down. In 2024, the ox is number one. Oh, I'm an ox! <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> All the wealth stars are pointing their way. First and foremost, you get recognized, and then you can actually do a conversion. Now, conversion is very important, Chris. Conversion simply means the things that you can do to make sure that the positive stars are actually manifesting into the things that you want. Isn't it great? Ox this year is just going to be, going to be so, so popular. I feel like I'm going to buy Toto. I think your friends who are hearing this will ask you to buy for them. Okay, tell me more. The pick this year has got the endorsement of the Emperor Star. Now, what's the Emperor Star? It's authority at its best. The pick this year has got this... Uh, great, great ability to actually control situations. And uh, of course, the Empress Star comes with a sidekick. The sidekick is called a Dragon Virtue. Uh, it's an awesome henchman who is looking out for the non-followers. So can you imagine if you have a boss who is a pig? Wow, I tell you, not only is he going to be very, very active in implementing things, if there are non-followers, uh, this guy is going to be uh, not going to be in good books. But I do remember that last year you said the pig was very prone to weight problems. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Is that still true this year? Uh, no, no, no. With the Emperor Star, well, there's no weight problem. In fact, the privileges and, ad- and, ad- and the adoration that they're going to get, uh, I'm telling you, is going to make it a very, very memorable year. Okay, who else has it going for them? As with the uh, last year, the Reds this year is going to get a double bonus. And uh, the Reds has got uh, this thing, which is called the General Star. The General Star is a star of charisma. It's a star of confidence. Wow. Reds this year is actually doing well. Leadership roles, for example, are up for grabs. And uh, they can actually take on some uh, leadership roles. If you are born here, you're a Red. And you're in social media. You're an influencer. You're a performer. You're a self-employed person. You're a businessman. Well, all I have to say is go out there and get the goodies. Because people out there would just have this inclination to collaborate and to join venture with you. Right. And what about the rooster? I remember that the roosters were going to have a terrible 2023. So how does it 24 look for the rooster? This year, the roosters comes with what we call the Peach Blossom Star. Oh, wow. This Peach Blossom Star is a real McCoy of attraction. In other words, it attracts. It attracts all kinds of things, all kinds of people, all kinds of situations and conditions. Not just the opposite sex, is it? Uh, no. Uh, they'll include the young and the old, the dogs and the cats. You know, if roosters could turn on their charms, uh, it's not just about looks. Uh, you know, they, they, they make a lot of people fall helplessly attracted to them. And so uh, if there are things that the roosters can leverage a little bit more, this being the dragon year, if they were to have a little bit of a joint venture or borrow some luck, as I all like to call it, with people who are born in the year of the dragon, 
because the dragon and the uh, rooster is, is actually a natural combination in the system. So I'll tell the roosters this year, put 2023 behind you, 2024 is a time for you to prepare. Matter of fact is, I believe that next year uh, it's going to be good for roosters. Very good. Tell us the ones that will have a terrible year and what they need to do to mitigate that. Even if it is terrible, I think one should not fret. Rapid year is not going to do well, basically, because there are no positive stars in their favor. No positive stars is a word, right? Now, instead, they've got to, they've got to handle a couple of uh, things uh, which is, well, going to make them very busy. Yeah, they got to grapple with uh, the well-being. They got, got to grapple with them feeling that they are going to be victimized. But the more important thing is what to do about it. You can actually go and look for those who are born in the year of the pig. Remember, pig has got the emperor star. If you've got a problem, just go to the pig and uh, chances are they will actually give you a solution. The other one that uh, Mazon gave up, for example, is also the horse. Yeah, so horses uh, in 2024 has got, strangely, this star called a relief star. Now, relief means basically make things right. Conversely, uh, well, the thing is this, there is just one particular star which is uh, quite, I'll say, quite troublesome in many ways, yeah? It is called a red chamber star. It sounds very sexy. It is a, if I have to use a stronger word for it, a seduction star. Wow. It's a seduction star and it seduces you into bad or toxic relationships that can be damaging to your spirits and your health. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I got to go and tell all my horse friends. <laughs> okay, so what about the dragon himself? Dragon Desir. Dragon Desir has got what we call the elegant seal. This particular star called the elegant seal is very uplifting for the spirits and the positivity. Your ability to turn things around lies in the fact that if you accept that you are the ruling year, and if you take up that certain responsibilities that is being thrust onto your hands, then this accountability uh, will actually translate into positive returns. Who else do we have left? Uh, people who are born in your snakes this year uh, has got this thing called the uh, sky happiness star. So there are reasons to be joyful. It's a very, very good year for you to actually find a partner in life. Could be a newborn in the family, a new discovery, a new talent, that kind of thing. So, so the point is, if you're born in your snake this year, well, you know, just, just, just be in the company of happy events. Tigers, uh, tigers this year basically has got a sky horse. The sky horse is also meant that things will actually materialize faster for tigers this year. So as you travel, the more you travel for those who are born with a tiger, uh, the result of success actually multiplies. Yeah. For goats this year, there's a moon star. Uh, goats this year will get a lot of things in way of motivation. There's a lot of inspiration. Yeah, if you meet a goat on the street, I'll tell you, he will rattle out some poems or some wise words to you. So don't be surprised. Okay, a monkey is here. Well, you need to, you need to actually uh, kind of uh, uh, 
uh, be patient with success because uh, the sparse also means that there is a sequential and very slow results. In your 26 years of consulting, how different is this year compared to the other years? Dragon years usually have things that happen or events that take place without a good explanation. So I'll say this, uh, strange things, which is sometimes illogical, can happen in 2024. Things which we don't expect can happen in 2024 without any good reasons. My advice is, please don't waste time and effort looking for a reason because there are no reasons. One more question. Earlier you talked about the dragon being the only animal that is mythological. So is there an explanation for that? Why do we not have the phoenix or the unicorn um, in the zodiac? The dragon was a combination of many things. You know, scale of a fish, the face of a lion, claws of the uh, phoenix or whatsoever. It's a combination of all the best. And so <clears throat> this missing link when it comes to the dragon therefore was reserved as a symbol of the emperor. So they call the emperor the son of the dragon. Wow. So we are in this year marked by the death of the emperor. Here's Master Ken's putting shot. We, we would not say that if I'm given the best stars in the world, I can just do nothing at home, sit and wait for money to fall from heaven. That will not happen. That's my caveat. I, I have to say it this way because uh, I don't want people to understand it wrongly and say that, oh, no, 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 you know, since I'm so good and I'm super duper this year, I'll just, I'll just fire my boss. That's my second warning. <laughs> okay. So, you heard it. Don't fire your boss yet. We hope you have enjoyed this month's double episodes of Work Talk. A big thank you to our newsmakers, Dennis Lui and Jessica Ong from Vita, and Master Kenko from House of Feng Shui. I'm Chris Wu. Our producers are Tio Tongkai and Amiru Karim. Executive producer is Ernest Lewis. If you'd like to read Master Ken's predictions for Singapore in the workplace, we have a link in the show notes. Gongsi Fa Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or within our Straits Times app. Thanks for listening.